Welcome to day 211 of Rockcliffe's 365 Days of the Bible. Today I want to share an overview for my readings, which can be found in Isaiah chapter 59 to 63. Normally I like to focus on just one verse, but today while reading there is such contrast that I thought it would be good to talk about as it kind of encompasses the last several days we've been discussing. Uh, because in one chapter we have God's anger and how it's directed towards Zion, and then we have a chapter of the coming glory that will be restored to Israel, and how it will come from Zion, and how God will dwell amongst His people again. And then we go back to how the people of Israel got to this encounter in the first place, and then we have how God will restore them, and then we have how God will uh, vindicate them against their enemies. And And what I see here and what we see through the book of Isaiah is a consistent God, a God who is troubled by injustice, yet shows mercy and forgiveness and vindicates. In other words, when God allowed the Assyrians and the Babylonians to come and capture Israel for the disobedience, he wasn't saying that everything that the Babylonians were doing and the Assyrians were doing was okay. He wasn't saying that Uh, It had his seal of approval, simply that he allowed it, because we read that God will actually vindicate Israel for the treatment that the Babylonians inflicted on them. In other words, God said, yes, I allowed you to see what it was like to be taken and serve under a different nation, but that doesn't mean I was content with the way that they treated you. And this ebb and flow kind of of God is, in my mind, cause for celebration because no matter what happens, I serve a merciful God. No matter what happens, even in the hardship, which most of the time, let's be honest, is brought on by our own action. And we go, oh, how could God have allowed this? Well, because God allows free will. And because if I, in my life, tell God through my actions or words that I don't want to live His way, you know, we, we struggle with that relational aspect of I want all of God's good things without having to really do the things He's asking me to. And that's, that's not a relationship. That's looking after a toddler in my mind. Like, I love my little girl. She doesn't want to do half the things I want her to do because she lacks the maturity, because she lacks understanding. But as she's growing, our relationship is becoming more fulfilling because she is able to reason, she's able to communicate, right? That's how relationship develops. The relationship that you have with a baby is one way. You are sustaining them and they need you, they rely on you. But as they grow and they develop this self-awareness and the ability to go their own way, that's when the relationship in some ways deepens because there's this understanding of choice. Now the thing is, is in all relationships, when we make choices that upset our partner or cause rifts, uh, it is because more often than not we've done something to hurt people or we've made a selfish choice. Now that's not always the case with human relationships, but in our relationship with God, it, it is. God doesn't make mistakes. God is not a selfish person. We're told time and time and time again that He's merciful, that He's quick to forgive, that He's loving. In fact, there's a passage in the readings that I thought was interesting. For he said, Surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely 
and he became their savior. In all their afflictions he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore he turned to be their enemy, and he himself fought against them. Then he remembered the days of old of Moses and his people, where is he who brought them up out of the sea with the shepherds of his flock? Where is he who put in the midst of them his Holy Spirit, who caused his glorious arm to go to the right hand of Moses, who divided the waters before them to make for himself an everlasting name, who led them out of the depths? It's interesting because this is God remembering the faithfulness of the people of old and his covenant with them. But there's that one line there that sticks out to me. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. We have the ability to grieve God. We can't hurt God, not in the, in the sense of we're an actual threat to him in any capacity at all. But we can grieve him. And sometimes we talk about, oh, but, you know, I, I would have liked mercy. It's funny how sometimes we think, we don't think of all the times we've been shown mercy. We only think of the times where, oh, well, it was withheld. I actually got to deal with the repercussions of X, Y, or Z. And at times, that's got to be frustrating for God. <laughs> We're made in His image. So if we can be frustrated, I'm sure He can be. Today's passages just remind me of this consistency of a God who is holy and righteous and yet merciful and loving and vindicating and restoring. And so there's this complexity to God and it's rich and it's beautiful. And I'm reminded today that we have the ability to engage in Him in a real way. And my challenge for you today is to not grieve Him, to not... <laughs> Take that mercy and that love for granted. And not to say that we always do, but you know what? We're human. And we need His strength to keep going His way. So may He strengthen you and guide you. And may you be built up in the Word and encouraged in your spirit today. Join us tomorrow for another highlight. And until then, be blessed.